This week on Gaming the Podcast, we are talking about Catherine, the 2011 offering from Atlas, which is celebrating its 10th anniversary this week. Now, the creators of Catherine describe it as an unconventional romantic horror. Others simply call it a puzzle game and others yet call it a dating sim. In reality, it is all of these things and more, and we're going to be talking about what makes it so great and just how it has stood the test of time. I am John Robertson and I will be joined by Stace Harmon. Together we are Indie by Design and we create books that celebrate the history, culture and art of video games and we also work as design and narrative and product consultants across a wide range of games and with a wide range of studios. You can follow us on Twitter, we are at Indie by Design and you can check out our website, IndieByDesign.net. So that's the blurb out of the way and let's get on with Catherine. Catherine is 10 years old this week. And something that has struck me recently when thinking about it is that um, for a game that is titled Catherine, it's not really about anybody called Catherine at all. Uh, it's about something, I think, much, much bigger than that. Lots of different themes that are much bigger than that. And I'm interested as somebody that's completed it several times over the years since its 2011 debut. Have you taken different things from it each time you've played it? And kind of what's been your read on the notion of uh, the kind of the central themes and and have they changed in importance for you over over the many, many times that you've played it um well i first played it 10 years ago when i was obviously 10 years younger so i'm not sure what my take on it was then i think uh, i think if anything uh i remember just being absolutely just in love with the game that it was just so ballsy that it was about mm. like sex and relationships and cheating and there's these really like you know alluring uh girls mm-hmm. in it and the game's not afraid to just sort of like dive into that head first and just like be about that which on the on the surface of it it is at least um and i think that's quite unusual for for a uh, a serious game i suppose like a I hate to say proper game, but you know, I'm talking about games that are not just sex fests for, you know. Yeah. It had aspirations to be beyond beyond a niche title, for sure. Like I think Atlas never intended it to be like, oh, we'll put this out and it will only sell a few thousand copies, but that's okay because we've got something to say. I think it clearly had aspirations to be bigger than that. And so yeah, it's refreshing to see themes like that that aren't sidelined or aren't like the game's not embarrassed about that. It's no, not. No, no. It's not trying um, to make be apologetic for it. So no, that's well, and, and it treats those themes in a mature way as well. Like yes, Vincent, the main character, and there's going to be spoilers all over the place for the game. But um, <laughs> for a Vincent, game. the main character, yes, has sex with people. He cheats on his long term partner. All of this stuff. But the game is not like uh, it's not sexualized just for the point of it like it's um everything is in there for a reason everything is in there to kind of tie into the game's bigger themes and questions and i think that's i think the questions is is where the game really stands out and why the game is important and why the game um is genuinely more mature than the vast majority of other games in that the game asks you questions and forces you to and or asks you at least doesn't force you it asks you to internalize those questions and have a reading on them and then kind of projects that back at the game whereas most games i would argue are about actions and reactions so it's like here's a here's a scenario how do you react to it how do you perform actions in this game whether it's street fighter beating someone up or call of duty shooting someone or 
FIFA scoring a goal or whatever. This isn't really about that. In the sense, this isn't really about you imposing yourself on the game and showing dominance over it. It's about having the game ask you questions, and then your reactions to that um, are projected back onto the game um in a way that yep. makes you see the events differently from other players even if you're seeing i would argue even if you're seeing the same events as other players and there's different mm. pathways that Catherine can go down but even if you're seeing the same events as other players in the game you'll have a different reaction and a different response to them because you're being forced to internalize the questions that the game is asking you about well ultimately about freedom versus order do you want a life that's completely free or do you want one that's ordered so that's what the game is kind of really about and it says as much at the end so i'm not i'm not mm. trying to claim some great philosophical <laughs> insight but um yeah so that's what and, and and freedom and order will mean different pe- different things to different people and it might be positive for some people negative for other people like order in this case is Catherine with a k Catherine mcbride represented by her uh, marriage and um, having a child and that's order that's an ordered life moving forward in the games that in in the games terminology whereas freedom is represented by Catherine with a c you know the the uh the sexual object i guess the for, literal succubus um, yeah a demon who exists purely for titillation and temptation i mean there's no yeah again there's no uh that's not a that's not a reading into it that is literally what she is so yeah that's um, so yeah like, and i don't think there are that many games like that really the, the that many games that ask you i think there are other games like shadow of the colossus immediately comes to mind that's again that's also a game about actions but it's also a game about questions uh it forces you to question what you're doing and then project it back onto the world um but in a very different I way think- to this yeah, but, and that, yeah, so it is in a different way to this. I think, and yeah, Shadow of the Classes is, we definitely, we should do an episode on that. That is its own, its own thing. I think there is a kind of a, a almost a gotcha at the end of Shadow of the Classes that yeah. you, if you haven't already got there yourself through the, through implicit means, it is quite explicit in its judgment of your actions and what you're attempting to do. Catherine, though, I think, it is also ripe because of the way that it's written and performed. I think it's also ripe for role play that you don't have to internalize those questions at all. You can internalize them insofar as I think Vincent would do this, or I think Vincent should do this, or by proxy, I'm going to live out this exciting life and have Vincent do X, Y, and Z. Mm. But you, and whilst I would agree, I mean, I absolutely internalized those questions and, and imprinted myself on the game in the way that I answered them, um, you don't have to. And I don't think it like, yeah. And in some cases it doesn't matter what you do because you're going to go down a certain path regardless. It's just how you, whether you do that kind of willingly or begrudgingly, except for the point where you have the questions at the end of the nightmare stages where you're sat Mm. in a confessional booth, you know, it's very pointed and on the (laughs) nose, you're sat in a confessional booth and you are asked a very pointed question the, and there you are forced to choose. There is no like, oh, but I meant this or I meant that. It's you have to choose one or the other. And that is another another instance of, of kind of the freedom and order. You have no freedom in that question. You can't say, oh, I'm not sure, uh, you know, get no. back to me on that or I'll have a think about it. You have to say two, I think almost unequivocally two diametrically opposed answers you have to say either yes i agree with this or no i don't or you know one of the the early ones Mm. is does life begin or end with marriage and you there is no like well wait a minute it's neither i don't that's that's crazy what what's that 
you know, why are we talking about marriage when there are other things to talk about? It's that's the question and you have to answer it. And if you don't, you will sit there in that confessional booth forever, which yeah. is its own sort of pointed examination of uh, indecision and uh, and youth, which I think is interesting in itself. Um, so, yep. yeah, I absolutely internalise those questions, I think, like you did. But I, but I like that it's well done. It, Vincent isn't a blank slate. He's not a cipher who just exists for you to pour yourself into. He is his own person. And, yeah. and the fact that you can then role play, I think, is is interesting and refreshing and takes some of the maybe take some of the pressure off because you're allowed to, if you like, you're like the game gives you implicit permission to, to role play however you want based on your reading of Vincent and what you think's best for him. Um, yeah. Well, those questions are, are interesting because the explicit um, ones in the confessional. Yeah. Because yeah. they're, um, so if the game is about freedom or order, um do you do you do you want a free life or do you want an ordered one those questions are so so the, the i think the majority of those questions in there say does does life begin or end with marriage to most people i think that if they're being honest with themselves most people would say well i don't i don't know to be honest um mm. if uh, mm. you're presumably asking someone who uh, if they haven't got married, then how would they have the experience to know, really? Of course, it's just what their their intuition would say. Um, but I think most people to most of those questions in the confessional brief would answer, you know, I don't know. I'm not sure. Somewhere it would depends. Yeah, yeah, it depends where I'm at in life. Uh, as I age, it will be a different answer. Um, and and that and that would be the honest approach. And I think the answers for my my honest answer to most of the questions in the game would be somewhere in the middle, I or or just simply I don't know. But the game doesn't allow you to um, say I don't know. You have to choose one or the other, and I think that's a that's surely a commentary on the idea that uh, you know Vincent has to choose between an ordered life or a free life, and it's like society or a life of a life of freedom. I say I hate to use free as sort of like diametrically opposed to order because it doesn't necessarily mean yeah. that, but. Yeah. Um, it's like uh, law and chaos as well. Like they, you know, there's substitutes for the same. It's like law and chaos in something like D and D. Like it's freedom and and order is like, uh, well, chaos and law retrospect uh, respectively. Yeah. And it's yeah, it's whichever yeah. words you feel kind of I guess that you most you most relate to or, or least react yeah. negatively to because it's not it's not a judgment. There's no implicit judgment in in those terms. It's just yeah yeah concepts yeah but i think the game forcing you to answer say on the marriage question does life begin or end in marriage it forces you to choose one of those and i think that's supposed to or that can be read as a as the game symbolizing society or your friendship groups or your partner um or whoever else uh anyone that's kind of involved in your life either on a societal sort of mega high level even like the government versus you know you're someone much more intimate and close like your partner that's the game kind of taking the role of the person um who's demanding an answer from you and so and, and you know people in society government doesn't like the idea of ambiguity it won't like you saying well do you 
do you want this or do you want that? And you saying, I, I have no idea. I don't know. Like that's not a satisfying answer for people or the state or the society that you live in or the culture that you live in. They want, they want an answer from you. Like what kind of person are you? Like what do you believe in? What are you aiming for? What are your goals? Like, you know, what's your career going to like everything? All of this stuff, you have to have an answer to that. Otherwise you're some sort of like mm. aimless soul, yeah, like doing yeah, nothing. And I think yeah, that's what, do, what, what do you that mean represents. you don't know? What do you mean you haven't decided? like yeah there's there's definitely yeah you 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 know that's not an uncommon thing to hear or to imagine hearing in in anybody's life about yeah marriage kids jobs traveling whatever it is so yeah yeah so so i guess as much as the game is about asking questions it i guess is is also a statement on the fact that we must have an answer to all questions, to all questions that are asked for us. And it's seen as like a weakness or aimless not to have an answer. But we must, we must give an answer, even if we don't have one. Like that, it, perhaps more, for me, more mm. specifically. Even if you don't know, even if you, even if your honest answer is, well, I haven't decided. I don't know. I'm not sure. That's, that doesn't matter. You have to at least give, you have to have the appearance of an answer, an appearance of having thought this through and say, say one way or the other. Cause yeah, yeah. otherwise, yeah, ambiguity is not. Is, is not tolerated is not yeah. celebrated so i think in terms yeah when it comes to like what makes it great what makes it memorable what makes it important it's yeah it's that it's, it's the way that it um <clears throat> it asks questions of you and then it also reflects back this idea that you've got in society's eyes in the eyes of your friends and family or whatever you've got a responsibility to always give answers to every to every mm. question um and i suppose on a state level uh, a culture or a society level whatever culture you grew up in of course Catherine is a Japanese game so it's it's sort of uh, entrenched in Japanese kind of fears and societal norms and pos- positively and negatively at the end of the game or towards the end of the game um, boss uh, a character the the sort of owner of the stray sheet bar that you're that you spend a lot of time in um you know reveals that he is there to um pull non-committal men away from committed women like so paul vincent away from catherine mcbride leading leading sheep away yeah yeah um pull her away pull him away from her because he's not committed enough to have kids and settle down and be married um and they use catherine with a seed succubus catherine in order to pull him away so that a new man can be with Catherine with a K. Um, I wish they weren't called Catherine. Both of them weren't. <laughs> um, um, but Catherine it gets, McBride. It gets even worse than that in, in full-bodied with another yeah. Catherine, uh, with Catherine with a Q. Catherine with a Q. And then they put, uh, yeah, so, so that then a more committed man can be with Catherine McBride and, um, you know, perform those tasks of raising a kid and being committed to the marriage, which is especially pertinent in Japan, given mm. its low birth rates, aging population, um, the idea that um, you have fewer and fewer committed relationships is a real problem for Japanese yeah. society. So it's, you know, it's cult- culturally sensitive to, uh, to you know, well, it's, it's, it's projecting that, that cultural issue that the that the nation in which it was made is is going yeah. through but it's and it's framed in such a way that irrespective of your reading or understanding of that you can still relate to it in some 
way shape or form there's enough characters in it that you know even amongst vincent vincent's friends that you will find common ground with some of them or all of them at any given time and that can change they're not just like these one-dimensional things that all exist for one purpose they each have something more to say than their their kind of descriptor their character you know like orlando is the divorced one but that doesn't mean he always takes the a negative view of marriage or like it's there is other things that he might say throughout the game that mean that it just makes you think about it and and you know i guess in the way that real conversations happen it's like oh something you think somebody you think is diametrically opposed to you can say something that makes you think actually wait a minute that kind of either chimes of what i think or that makes me think of certain things in a different way and so even outside of that we can look at it you know from a, a western perspective and see ourselves in some of that see ourselves in those those conversations about relationships and i think it's it's interesting that that was the framing that was settled upon because originally um it's been said in interviews uh that one of the original directions for catherine was actually a like a war setting in which soldiers all shared this same restless sleep in between skirmishes and so it would be like you're in the trenches and everybody goes to sleep and they have this shared experience and then they wake and there's a battle going on which would have its own thematic um interesting avenues to explore obviously and the conflict no the notion of conflict is still very much at the fore of that but it's interesting that it was framed in this much more i guess relatable for most of us and down to earth setting of like well there's some friends there's a bar there's a pe- there's some pizza like you know have at it it's much more it's much easier to jump into and that's and i like that about it because you know games can take you to a lot of places and do take you to a lot of places other planets and you can be other species and this that and the other but you can also occasionally just hang out in a bar with your friends and there's not a lot of games that i think allow you to do that and no and, it's uh, interesting i didn't know about that war uh setting but i'm glad that they went with the bar um yeah <clears throat> the bar and vincent's apartment basically the only setting it's the only locations in the whole game and the nightmares of course um but yeah it does make it feel relatable and i, I like yeah i like vincent like he's a he's a bit of like a calamitous character but he's <laughs> mm. like it's easy to have compassion for him like even if you haven't directly experienced what he's going through like you can still feel empathy for him you can still feel compassionate towards him and how he tries to just navigate what is what is a pretty you know a pretty impossible situation really like it's impossible not to do not to mess up in some way in the mm. in the, in the mm. situation he's in like there's no perfect um no perfect outcome for him his friends as well i was just thinking like um because of the three friends at the table so there's toby johnny and orlando um two of them johnny and orlando also eventually appear in his nightmare in vincent's nightmares as sheep uh tobias toby doesn't um but i think that's a comment on tobias being so young that he hasn't he's not um forced into this kind of you know the blocks of life haven't i don't have to be balanced and moved around for him yet he can still mm. kind of he doesn't mm. have to worry about that just now um but i'm wondering if the fact that only at the very end of the game do you have confirmation that orlando and johnny are also in those dreams um even though you know that they are as a player you know that they are because mm-hmm. of the what they're wearing yeah. the what the sheep are wearing they're wearing johnny's jacket and orlando's jacket and hat um 
but Vincent, the character, doesn't know that, and they don't admit it to each other. Only at the very end do they admit it. And I wonder if that's a commentary on men being bad at sharing their deepest feelings with each other, even though they're all going through this terrible thing, mm-hmm. but they don't know that they're all sharing this terrible thing because they won't talk about it with yeah. each other. In, in Although Vincent does. Vincent does say that he's going through it. Or it's Johnny and Orlando that don't reveal it until the end. Vincent is actually quite open, open about it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, there's, there's definitely reflections in real life at the moment, I think, with with what we're all living through and how much of that we, you know, we'll talk about or don't talk about and whether retrospectively we'll talk about it more, particularly men will talk about it more, whether they'll talk about how they struggled with, you know, lockdown and enforced mm. isolation and that kind of thing. So, yeah, I think that's there is there is a lot of clearly there's a lot of themes. There's a lot of things to discuss there's a lot of reasons that Catherine is great um, on a philosophical level and also from a structural point of view, the way that it balances the day-night cycle as it is effectively, the nightmare and, and waking hours cycle and how it sets those two things up against each other and how you know Vincent is very upwardly mobile quite literally mm. in the nightmare stages which he's completely not in these waking you know in these waking hours he moves around quite lethargically and particularly the drunker you get he just kind of staggers around without any particular direction um but with along with all of that is the fact that the game looks and sounds awesome on a very mm. you know on its at its most visually and orally it is arresting in like straight from the off right from the credits it's like well this is incredibly stylish and incredible this is not something i've seen in too many other places and it it maintains that i think it's like even when it's using classical music throughout the nightmare stages it's putting its own spin on it and it maintains that kind of that feel that like it's a place that i want to spend time the stray sheep bar is just like one of my favorite game spaces i think and it's and there's definitely like the the freedom and and order or law and chaos themes reflected in the bar as well but yeah i mean it just looks and sounds awesome and i think there's i don't know like i've certainly spent you know a few late nights in the stray sheep having a drink in real life whilst playing catherine and vincent's having a drink (laughs) put some music on the, That's on the jukebox. That's a whole new level. <laughs> it's like, and well, it's, it, it surprises me how much the ice chinking in Vincent's Cuba Libre makes me want a, a rum and coke of my own. Um, and yeah, just hanging out and kind of enjoying that space and putting music on the jukebox, playing the arcade machine. It's just, yeah, there aren't a lot of game spaces. There's a hub areas, I guess, but there aren't a lot of game spaces that are an actual part of the game where, you know, you're also meant to be doing other stuff, getting involved in other people's lives if you want to. Yeah, Um, Yeah, no, it's super welcoming. That that accomplished. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it does feel like, you know, the people there are welcoming and friendly, which is obviously at odds with many of the sort of experience you see in the in 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 the nightmare area but yeah the look and felt like it's a ps3 game and obviously mm. like full body is uh remastered and whatever for P- for ps4 um but it's yeah it's the form of visuals isn't it like it yeah. it, it, it focuses yeah. on style and art direction over just technical considerations like it's not about how many pixels have we got here and like how yeah. complicated is the is the texture and the geometry like it's it's about style like this is you know it's anime style it's a style that they use in persona like and it just both games look amazing um 
amazing for it um and the stray sheep as well like there's there's the super obvious elements that kind of reflect what you're doing like the fact that it's called a stray sheep for one mm-hmm. the fact that there's the rapunzel puzzle in the corner um <clears throat> that you can play the the jazz music that's played or the fact that it's a jazz bar uh and then rin in full body is playing like piano jazz piano um and jazz being a more kind of you know an expression of freedom of expression through the typically ordered form of music i guess yeah um so that that's you know the the choice of jazz there is not an accident like that's a that's a well timed a well considered um addition like a sort of window dressing aesthetic consideration just sort of layered over the top that just works and it just highlights that the level of detail in the game like there's no yeah. there's no accidents here like everything is yeah. in there and that, and i think that's one of the reasons why it kind of benefits from repeat playthroughs as well because whilst you know what's coming and there is a strong element of repetition in the both the puzzles and the stray sheep stuff there's just so rich with uh just those finer details those finer details are there to be like pulled on and um you know picked up on even differently um each time i think isn't that also commented on i think in the update in the full-bodied update isn't that commented on that Rin is like her piano playing is somewhat uh, discordant? I suppose she starts off terrible. She gets better at the end. But other people still comment on. I'm, I think does Toby somebody I think comments on the fact that it's that they quite like it, and it's like that is reflective of you know particularly perhaps something like jazz, where it's one person's one person's kind of cacophony of noise is another person's like just chilled out vibe. Like it, and that is a. A nice, you know, balancing reflection as well in, in that, that it's not, it's not about what is good and bad or what is better than or worse than. It's just like, what, what choices are you making and how are you navigating them? And, and ultimately, are you happy? Are you doing the things that are making you happy? Um, and yeah, the fact that, yeah, you can go and play the Rapunzel arcade machine and impose that order. It's a, that's a very ordered, self-contained element of the game. But even that then feeds back into, you know, you get better at Rapunzel as you get better at the nightmare stages and vice versa, because you, you, it's not necessarily about learning new tricks, but you, you start viewing the puzzles in a certain way and you, you kind of get, it's like that thing of once you get your head around it or once you see it, it becomes easier. Cause I think Catherine, I think it's fair to say Catherine is considered to be quite, the puzzles are considered to be quite difficult, right? Like it's yeah. considered to be quite a difficult I game. I find them quite hard. Yeah. And it's, yeah. And it's that thing I think of, and also like uh exposure and you know familiarity the more time you spend with it the more the better you get at it and if you go away for a long time and come back you completely forget some of the techniques and how it is that you you're meant to ascend um so yeah there's yeah. there's definitely those you know those balancing balancing notes on each end um and yeah so you you played it most recently well very recently right you played you yeah. replayed it a few yeah, days of the weekend so when you when you've been back to do you find yourself focusing are you focusing on different things are you speaking focusing on like the experiential of just being you know just hanging out just just like enjoying the daytime stuff or the the bar stuff at least um or are you are you more focused on like the challenge of the puzzles like what's been the thing that's been appealing to you most yeah, I've been focusing more on the outside of the puzzle stuff. So this time around, given that this is, I think, the third time I've played it all the way through, 
um i just put the puzzles on easy mm-hmm. and just just tore through them and you can actually just press uh l1 i think and it, vincent will just go up for you so you don't even have to do it you yeah. just watch him um but yeah which no. i don't think existed in the original right like that's a new addition i think that's a new addition to the full-bodied version that you can um, just have him effectively autocomplete which i think is as a result of feedback and like just understanding how people play the game and some people aren't interested in the puzzle bit they just want the story bit so that's you know that notion of like responding to how people play and then reflecting that in as an option in an updated version of the game i think is you know that shows attention to detail it's not just like oh let's rehash this thing that was popular 10 years ago that's a real uh, yeah value added element yeah um but i think the thing that just always strikes me is like the the gamey bit of the game, the puzzles, and the more kind of uh, the thematic side of the game, like the the bar and the cutscenes, mm. um, they tie into each other so well. So like, there's the obvious stuff of you know in the puzzles, he's trying to he's forever climbing upwards in life, like sort of every, like again society and expectation is that you'll climb upwards you'll move up the career ladder you'll move forwards in your life you'll do these things like you know up and forwards are always kind of like the labels put on things that you should be doing um so and he's trying to work that out he's going up through the blocks he's moving up the steps of life he's trying to balance the blocks as he goes it's confusing Mm. trial and error is is a thing that uh, the game was called out on a lot when it first came out and the puzzles being too much about trial and error but then while whilst is that fun or not is one question but mm. it is reflective of the idea that in life we are just fumbling around and like there's no manual for life that is going to get you through your specific problems properly mm. there will be a there will be an element of trial and error and just kind of hoping for the best and just experimenting and seeing if it worked okay it doesn't work and i mean luckily in in catherine you get the chance to rewind time and go back turns you don't get that in real life but um i think the block puzzles do kind of represent that and then there's obviously the factor of time as well so the more time you spend on the puzzles the uh the more the blocks are fall away from you and you'll eventually die which obviously reflects our real life that you can't when you're faced with a problem when you're faced with a choice you can't just wait around for a, a year two years and mm. decide what to do like you have to make a choice now because otherwise everything's going to mess up or or the decision's going to be harder the longer you leave them and that's reflected in those puzzles um I also read uh, that, so the game got some criticism for there being a dissonance between how Vincent acts at the bar and how he acts in his nightmares. So at the bar, he's very kind of sheepish and unsure and fearful whereas in the nightmares he's very reassuring to the other people he's cocky even like he he like taunts the 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 creatures chasing Mm -hmm. him and and whatever Mm -hmm. and he's very self-confident um so he's kind of he's the opposite in his dreams than he is than he is in in real life but uh, isn't that know. so often the case i mean well like, yeah <laughs> exactly like that's how i read that like there's like that's exactly what that, that that that's surely what the game is saying that here in when it's just you and you're in control of your own dreams you're in control of his own nightmares which he refers to all the time like if it's me and i'm the one conjuring thus up in my mind then surely i can be mm. i'm surely i can be confident in, in control of that versus when 
and it, and the gaze is only his own gaze on himself. But when the gaze is from society or from his friends or from his loved ones on him, he crumbles and he's like, "Oh my god, I can't, I can't do it." So yeah. this cocky dreamer um, is sort of rendered hopeless when you know when things get real and he has to actually act on these dreams. Like you know, we've all had like like you know whatever it is and so you you imagine yourself just dominating the situation like yeah like yeah and you go and then it just doesn't work out like yeah. that it's just yeah. absolute <laughs> embarrassment and even, yeah even just in day yeah absolutely even just like during the day you can have a you can think about it you can daydream about it it doesn't you don't even need to be asleep for that it's like oh i envisage this thing happening like this this is the best situation i'm gonna you know i'm absolutely gonna go up and ace that exam or i'm gonna go up and ace this public speaking or i'm gonna go and speak to my boss about something or i'm going to talk to my you know loved ones and be decisive and all of this and yeah and then you do it and it doesn't necessarily always uh always turn out like that often because there's some other input being chucked into that situation which in your imagining of it there isn't your you yeah, get to speak at your own pace and yeah and then in the in the dream section that is that the fact that you can rewind time shows that kind of complete mastery over something and it's it's yeah, and I and I think it's so important that there is that time element to the nightmare stages because if it was just entirely a logic based puzzle where it's just given enough time you'll be able to work this out, it wouldn't of course have the same urgency, which then wouldn't reflect back on those, you know, in the same way that like you said, you don't always get to stand around and just kind of hope that an answer is going to present itself. You have to tr- push things, pull things, prod things. And hopefully you'll work it out. And maybe you'll go on a run where, you know, you pull a couple of things, you push a couple of things into place. And then you get to go on this run of like, you know, this what looks like a a golden streak of like tearing yeah. up the mountain, as it were. Um, yeah, because and that you've got just the tools. By... It's like that. Yeah. You use the tools you've got. And sometimes there's unintended consequences, both good and bad yeah yeah well sometimes those runs that you go on or those that solutions that you come across could just be absolutely sheer luck like that happens but again that happens in life like it's not like the best things if we're honest with ourselves like not all of the best things that happen to us are by design like Mm. it's just luck like or it's by someone else's design or something or you've or you've positioned yourself in a place where that does happen you know that's making your own luck is that like that notion of like well i didn't know this would be the consequence or the outcome but I have positioned myself to be in a place where I can take advantage of things that do happen. So, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, I mean, so as I said, it's like it's, it's for a game that's called Catherine. It's not really about Catherine, is it? It's about no. uh, much, much more than that, which is, well, which has got to be part of what makes it great. That's got to be what yeah. feeds into the whole thing, certainly for, for you and I, by the sounds of it. Yeah. Well, and I think that's its enduring strength as well, I guess, just as like a final thought like that's his enduring strength the fact that it's about because it's about questions it those questions can change as the player changes so the questions how you answer those questions how you perceive and um kind of consume those questions might be different 10 years ago to they are today and they might be question different in 10 years from now so i mean for that reason alone it's a game that's worth no not regular not maybe not every year but like you know every now and again (laughs) going back to and just kind of yeah just having having those questions thrown at you again and i don't Mm. think there's many games like that really no well thanks jerry springer for that that final thought there 
So what did you think of Catherine? Do you have opinions that are different to ours? Come and let us know. We are at Indie by Design on Twitter and we are also at Indie by Design on all other social media platforms. Via our Twitter, you'll also find the link to our Discord, which we'd love you to join so we can talk about Catherine and any other game in real time. Also, don't forget to check out our website, indiebydesign.net, where you'll find links to the books on video games that we've written. We're currently running pre-orders on 20 Double Fine Years, which is our big book of all things Double Fine, from Psychonauts 1 and 2 to Brutal Legend and Broken Age, to Grim Fandango, They Are the Tentacle, and Full Throttle Remastered. Again, that's indiebydesign.net. Otherwise, thanks for hanging out with us, and we'll see you again next week. Bye.